630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. The Edmonton Oil Kings just getting their WHL season going at Rogers Place. They're taking on Red Deer. They will visit the Rebels tomorrow night. NHL preseason action. Islanders and Flyers 2-2 in the third. After two, Carolina up 3-1 on Washington. In the second period, Ottawa and Chicago 2-2. Maple Leafs up 4-3 on the Sabres. Blues up 2-0 on the Blue Jackets. And Flames leading the Jets. 2-zip, former Oil King Brett Pollock with a goal. Dylan Dubé has scored again for Calgary. And after one, the Lightning lead the Predators 3-0. Blue Jays trailing Tampa 7-3. That's in the sixth. Eskimos at Red Blacks tomorrow. 12-30 countdown to kickoff game at 2 right here on 6-30. Ched. Oilers at Jets on Sunday. 4-30 face-off show. Puck drop at 6. And of course we have that game for you as well. Uh, this texture says, I can't believe you didn't ask a wrestling question for the tickets to see Ric Flair. Well, that's a fair criticism. The problem is, I don't know enough about wrestling to come up with a trivia question. You're going to have to help, Kellen. Well, I'll study if, up on it this weekend. If we get, yeah, that's how I'm going to spend my weekend, reading up on WWE. Eh, worst ways to spend your time. That's true. But I'll help uh, you out for sure. We'll get something for next week, definitely. Okay, and uh, Mike says, I love how Oilers and Eskimos fans are so negative even when they have the best hockey player in the world and the best quarterback in the CFL. Amazing. That is from Mike, texting 630-630. Regarding the parent who didn't know how to answer his young boy's perplexing questions earlier, all he has to remember is three words, go ask mommy. There you go. We won't we won't get into the exact nature of those uh, those questions. Ethan Bear, Puyarvi to the middle, backhander score. Beautiful move to the middle of the ice. He had the extra burst and went backhander over the prostrate Eric Comrie. That is the voice of Jack Michaels, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Oilers. Who joins me now? Jack, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Always a pleasure, Reed, and uh, getting ratcheted up here. I'm going to be heading off to Europe in a week, and by then we'll know who's on the team. Uh, you are, uh, you're a busy man. Uh, I know your, uh, your kids are busy with their sports activities and, of course, being back in school. And uh, last night you had a little extra jig in your step as you left Rogers Place because the Cleveland Browns are back in the wind. Call them, buddy. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good night for Orange, and it was a bad night to be a Jets fan. So it, it all worked out quite well with uh, the Winnipeg and New York Jets tasting respective defeats. And, of course, the Orange and Blue on the ice at Rogers Place and the Orange and Brown uh, back in Cleveland. And uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. It's early in the preseason, and I don't get too excited based on preseason results because so often, read the games are basically between one team's NHL roster and the other team's AHL roster. Uh, but on the right side, it's, it's nice to see that point production coming early. 
from guys that a lot of people had questions about coming into the preseason, guys like Ty Ratty and Yessa Boyarvi, who'd yet to consistently do it in the NHL. And look, it is just the preseason, but it's nice from an Edmonton standpoint that those pucks are going in already. It's it's a lot better than kind of, you know, having a bit of a dry spell. And, and add Kyler Yamamoto into the equation. I think if you talk to Kyler, he's not conceding anything uh, either. So if a lot of people were wondering what would, you know, what would be coming from the right side and, and were the Oilers taking too big of a gamble in depending on certain guys who hadn't done it before on a consistent basis in the NHL, well, uh, you know, to some degree, I, I think they have reason to be optimistic. Well, I'll, I'll say this about Ratty, and you're right, it's the preseason. But you'd sooner be saying, okay, he's, he keeps earning another shot because if he's going out there against, uh, you know, like you said, not a great Winnipeg Jets roster and isn't noticeable, well, then you start to worry. But, you know, he got out there and, and got points and made an impact against a team that he should have been able to uh, make an impact against. I mean, to, to me, it's Raddy's just a case of just keep earning it, keep earning another shift, another game, and then maybe another game turns into another week and another month. I, I think that's how he's approaching it, and that's, you know, I think really that's the theme for him right now well the other thing that i think you've got to look at is you know ratty's got four goals in the preseason now and three of them have come when Connor mcdavid and ryan nugent hopkins weren't anywhere near the ice i mean uh you know he scored one of his goals with marodi last night on a nice speed to the middle and of course you know two nights previous to that he had he had done the damage uh, in Vancouver without McDavid or Nugent Hopkins even in the lineup, let alone uh, you know let alone on the ice. So the fact that he's produced in different situations, and of course he has factored in some goals with those two players on the ice. I think that's a real promising sign too, because uh, you know the ability to generate offense, you know, even on the off night that McDavid or Nugent Hopkins is going to have over the course of the season has got to be, you know, somewhat gratifying for Todd McCall to see. And I, I was also impressed, as I have been, with guys like Ryan McLeod in the preseason at some of the little plays Ratty made last night that didn't factor in any sort of scoring, but kind of kept Winnipeg at bay. Uh, got a few pucks in deep near the red line, won a few wall battles. I, I think some of his impressive work uh, was done along the boards. It didn't show up on the score sheet, but did show up in the eyes of his teammates. That's something that Ryan Nugent Hopkins on our post-game interview live on 630 Ched, you know, alluded to the fact that that he was impressed with, you know, Ratty's work uh, away from the puck as well as on the board. So when your star players and, and your teammates and your line mates are noticing a significant contribution in those areas, I think that bodes well. And from a coaching staff standpoint, they want to be able to trust Ratty, and they want to be able to trust Ratty that he's not going to hurt them if he's not necessarily helping them on a given night. I'm glad you mentioned the Nuge interview. He gave you guys a great tidbit last night. And again, you know, we we do it all in the context of the preseason. But but Ryan said there, you know, the informal skates or the captain skates, uh, however you want to refer to them, leading into training camp, those weren't shinny sessions. 
those weren't let's throw the puck on the ice and fool around for an hour today just to, just to say we skated. Uh, Ryan said those were pretty serious, and they wanted to establish the work ethic and the seriousness uh, right from right from there, not not work into it during camp in the preseason. They tried to bring that attitude late August, early September when they were uh, you know skating you know by themselves or with Ian Herbers on the ice with them. Well, and he's the second guy that kind of unsolicited bring that up. I think it was the first day of training camp where Connor McDavid kind of launched into that too and started saying that, you know, for whatever reason, this camp feels different. Uh, he like you know, I think Connor said it that day. He likes the, that camp as much as any he's been a part of, and, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins feels like that, you know, the team is more prepared than they've ever been. And, and you're right. I mean, not just for the regular season, but for the start of training camp. I mean, going into physicals and, and the fact that so many of the guys were together, including Darnell Nurse. I mean, a lot of people are thinking, all right, well, Nurse didn't have a contract. Well, he'd been skating with the club. He only actually missed three or four skates. I mean, he, you know, he was right there up until, okay, you know, we got to get this thing settled. Uh, now it is settled, and, and and you've got, you know, all of a sudden uh, a significant portion of the guts of the hockey club that's going to either put your team over the top or, or put it in a spot where maybe significant changes will be made, and they've been together for a month. And, I, you know, I'm not sure every NHL team's done that, and I'm not sure, you know, based on the comments I'm hearing, uh, you know, I'm not sure that was always the Euler way in the past couple of camps. So the fact that, you know, guys are, are kind of seeing it pay off right off the hop here uh, is also, you know, uh, promising signs. I, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism in the preseason. Uh, the only, you know, again, the, the caveat is, hey, the Oilers were 6-2 and two in the preseason last year. It's not like they had a bad preseason or it's not like, you know, you were getting – it's not even like they had a bad opening game. I mean, I think, you know, walking out of Rogers' place last October after a 3 nothing dismantling of Calgary, a game the Flames were never in, and you were thinking, you know, that was the Oilers' game number 83 of the previous season, that they had just picked up where they left off, and they had it. So, uh, again, I'm not going to read too much into it, but I do uh, see some of the same positive signs you're seeing with respect to how the veteran leadership considers uh, where their team's at at this young stage of the year. Jack, I'll throw one more at you. I know you mentioned Ryan McLeod during the course of this interview. Maybe a depth guy or an oiler of the future that, that you think has done very well for himself in camp. I'll, I'll throw out the name Cooper Marodi, who's, who's going to go to Bakersfield, but I think he's had a good camp. He's hard on the puck. He's around the play a lot, and uh, maybe someday down the road he's a reliable call-up uh, for the Oilers if they need somebody in a depth role. What about for you? Well, I mean, for me, two guys that I was surprised, quite frankly, didn't get another game uh, would be Tyler Benson and and Caleb Jones. I I actually thought those players would get one more game. I I thought they'd been – I mean, Benson in the case of a bit of an unknown for me because I hadn't really had a chance to see him play live. He was always hurt. And Caleb Jones – a bit of an unknown only because he didn't have a good year last year in American League. Didn't put up great numbers and I think was minus 25 in like 58 games. I mean, that's that's not a great season. So the fact that they were so impressive in, in, in rookie camp and, and in, in Calgary, I thought they were I thought they were really good too. That's the only thing that kind of uh, you know surprised me that you know maybe they'd get another game considering the Oilers still have four more uh, before they head off to Germany. 
But I think the fact that Caleb Jones and Tyler Benson played well, I mean, those, you know, that that is reason for optimism moving forward. I mean, Caleb Jones, fourth round pick, and and um, you know Tyler Benson in that in that troublesome spot for the Oilers. I mean, let's face it, picks thirty one and thirty two haven't necessarily been kind to Edmonton over the years. Uh, you know, Tyler Pitlick kind of panned out, but got hurt, had trouble staying healthy, and ultimately. You know, got a great offer from from the Dallas Stars and moved on. But when I look at the fact that you know Tyler Benson's now healthy and his vision on the ice, I mean, he really made some great plays and and probably could add five or six more points in rookie camp. I mean, he put some guys in situations. Tyler Vessel, in particular, probably could have had a hat trick one game. Uh, Benson set him up to such degree, and and Caleb Jones. Uh, really confident, moving the puck, jumping into seams, and then having the wherewithal to recover if there was a mistake defensively, just moving his feet all over the ice. I I think those two players, and and Benson perhaps less of a surprise uh, considering where he was selected. We know about Jones' pedigree. I think those two guys are going to be on Edmonton's roster at some point in the near future. And I'm not talking about three years down the road. I'd be very surprised. If you know, based on what I saw, and again, it's a small sample size, but I think they'll go to next year's camp thinking they can make the hockey club. Jack, always great to have you on the show. You're back Sunday night. You'll be calling the game from Winnipeg. We'll be talking, of course, a lot throughout the season. Have a great weekend, buddy. Absolutely, Reed. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course, Jack. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. He'll be calling the Oilers game in Winnipeg on Sunday night. In Winnipeg right now, the Blue Bombers leading Montreal 10-3, four minutes into the second quarter. When we get back, you will meet this week's 6.30 Chad MVP. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 6.30 Chad. 13-3, Winnipeg leading Montreal halfway through the second quarter. Uh, text here to 6.30, 6.30. What the heck is with Johnny Manziel's receivers? He's putting it to them, and they can't handle it. The guy has a great arm, kind of like that rookie throwing for the Browns last night. Well, that's Baker Mayfield. And, uh, look, the the Owls don't have a good team. So I, I haven't been watching every play in this game. I've seen a couple of drops, but not surprised to hear that uh, their receivers are struggling. Tough year for Cavis Reed, Mike Sherman, and Johnny Manziel in Montreal. Hey, this is a pretty cool brand-new feature, the 630 Chet MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. The athlete every week will also be featured on Global News. Uh, this young man, Joel Ballou, was featured on Tuesday. You can get the video on globalnews.ca in the MVP section. Joel gets an Under, Army, Under Armour hoodie courtesy Elite Promotional Marketing. Now, Joel, we, we had to tape this interview because he plays for Ross Shep and they're playing right now, and he was getting ready for the game this afternoon. So I, I, I did talk to his coach, though, Brian Buczynski. Brian, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Very well. well Enjoying the snow. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> always always fun to play in, right? Uh, you, a, you have a snow game plan built into the playbook, though, right? <laughs> Yes, well, you know what? In, in Edmonton, you have to have for heat, for snow, for, for rain, for everything. So, yeah, hopefully it'll work. <laughs> well, it, it helps to have a good running game in the snow, and uh, so far, so good for you guys. Jarrell Ballou, 248 yards uh, <laughs> last week, including a 93-yard touchdown. Uh, I, I mean, man, I don't, I don't know if you saw it coming with him, but uh, tell me a little bit about what makes this young man a special running back. 
Well, you know, I, th- I think what ends up happening is last year uh, he played for us as well, and it was a newer system for him, and he was a little bit uh, uncomfortable with it, and he started uh, getting to the point where he could understand, he could pick up our calls, so his confidence blossomed. And what happened was he's now running more instinctively. He's um, um, working with the offensive line, I think, a little bit better, and he knows what to expect out of them because that's the same group as well. And, I mean, as you know, a running back goes as the offensive line goes. So if you had good blocking, then you let the instincts follow you and, and, and bingo. You get lucky, and you, and you do get some of those long touchdown runs. You know, he has an interesting story away from the field, too, because, you know, he, he's he's originally from Ivory Coast and, and, and lived in Montreal. What can you say about his ability to uh, adapt to, uh, to a new country and, and a new language as he's grown up? Uh, you know, it's been, I think, uh, hard at times for him. And when he came to Ross Shepard, he, he basically understood very little English. And when we were playing last year, we actually were fortunate to have kids that were in French immersion. So what we do is we, and I mean, you've got to understand for a newer player, we signal our plays in, and that's one language from the sideline. And then the quarterback calls a play. And again, that's terminology in another language. And then it had to go to our French immersion kids, and they would have to translate from from uh, English to French form. So for, for jo- Joel, it was it was a little bit difficult in, in terms of that. Now, though, his English is, is much, much better and actually no problems whatsoever. And he actually helped some of our younger kids who are going through that same process of learning the language of football here. You know, a great profile on him on global television earlier this week, and and I, I love this, and I'm sure as a coach you love this as, as well. Uh, very quick to credit his offensive line. Sounds like, uh, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but sounds like he has the good teammate thing down. Yes, you know what he does, and, and what ends up happening is when, when he scores a touchdown, he knows he celebrates with that offensive line. And he knows that uh, if, if they work hard, he works hard. And I think that's the one thing you'll find about him. Like We keep him in on a number of pass plays, and he works just as hard with the offensive line on his blocking as they do. And he feels that, hey, look, it, for any type of team success, he's got to be able to do his job, whether it's running the ball or blocking for somebody else. So it, it really makes for good chemistry. All right, Brian. Well, hopefully he has another good game tonight. Uh, get, let me know uh, who you're who you're playing tonight and maybe what you expect. Well, we're playing Spruce Grove and we're playing out at Fairfield at six o'clock. And so the weather is obviously, I think, might be a little bit of a factor. But with our guys, what we've said is it doesn't matter. You know, you're going to get snow at some point in the year here. And so what we hope to do is be able to control the ball. I mean, our objective is to minimize any kind of turnovers tonight. They're very fast and they're very quick. They have an explosive running back as well. And uh, I think that you're going to see a, a real strong ground game from both teams tonight. Awesome. I hope it's a fun one, Brian. And thanks for letting us know a little bit more about Joel Ballou. Incredible story. Thanks for your time tonight. No, thank you very much. That is Ross Chef football coach Brian Bachinski. As I mentioned, talked to him this afternoon. They're currently on the field, and his running back, Joel Ballou, is a 6.30 Chet MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. Joel gets an Under Armour hoodie, courtesy of Elite Promotional Marketing. All right, we're coming up to the 7.30 news. We'll go back to Ottawa. His dad was a legend in Edmonton, Rick Campbell. 
longtime coach in the CFL, head coach of the Red Blacks since they came into the league. All coming up, Inside Sports on Chet. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Great to hear Bob Layton fulfilling a career goal of reading the news during Inside Sports. Congratulations, Bob. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with Southern Classics and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at NorthChickenYEG.com. With the weather like this, it's a good night to just buy a lot of Northern Chicken and stay in and eat it all. Absolutely. Over at Foot Field, start of the second quarter. Alberta Golden Bears leading Manitoba 6-1. Canada West football action. Halfway through the first period at Rogers Place, the Edmonton Oil Kings are scoreless. With the Red Deer Rebels, the Toronto Blue Jays trail Tampa Bay 8-3. That game in the top of the seventh. Eskimos in Ottawa tomorrow, 12.30 countdown to kickoff here on 6.30, Chad. Game at 2, CFL tonight. Late in the first half, Winnipeg leading Montreal 13-6. Oilers in Winnipeg. Sunday, 4.30 face-off show. Puck drop at 6 as the Oilers take their 3-0 preseason record into Winnipeg. Hey, the head coach of the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks, like the Eskimos, they're sitting with a record of 7-5, and five, is Rick Campbell. Rick, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing today? Uh, well, I'm doing very well. I, I'm used to doing this once a year with you, huh? <laughs> leading into a Red Blacks-Eskimos game. So it's uh, always, uh, always fun to catch up with you. It, 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 it's good talking to a guy who lived in Edmonton because he knows all the stations, all the call letters, right? So that's, that's pretty convenient for you. Exactly. No, I definitely miss Edmonton. It uh, was a big part of my life. Absolutely. Well, uh, Red Blacks are your life now, and uh, it's been a pretty good uh, pretty good few years for you there since the franchise came into the league. This year's been kind of an interesting one, Rick. I mean, I, I watch you guys play, and there have been some great wins where you've looked really strong, and, and you've had some other weeks where I've thought, man, that does, where, you know, I've thought, man, that doesn't look like the Ottawa team I was watching last week or a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you're in it. Um, tell me a little bit about, uh, about the season and some of the ups and the downs. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, if you exclude Calgary, as far as them getting 10 wins, you know, we're like the Eskimos where we're tied for the second best record in the league. And I think the parity is there's so much parity in the league. And, um, you know, it's, it's tough to win games. And the key thing for us is when uh, we're able to run the ball or we're able to get some big plays. Um, that's kind of been the sweet spot for us. And uh, we've actually played some pretty good football um, even when we've lost, we just have been missing those uh, big game-changing plays. Well, yeah, and it often you know comes down to just a few plays in a game for sure, or sometimes some some execution in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. Um, you know, in, in terms of the role of the coaching staff the, this year, I mean, I know you're always uh, looking for answers, and uh, you know, I mentioned the ups and the downs. Is, has this team's uh, attitude stayed pretty uh, even keel, or have there been some waves to ride there as well? No, it's been uh, it's been pretty good. I mean, obviously, you're always disappointed when you lose, but our guys have been uh, had a good attitude from camp. Uh, we have a very united coaching staff, and our players are that way as well. And you know, we're trying to see the big picture and just put wins in the bank as we go. And 
Um, you know, every win in this league is huge, as you can tell by the standings. You know, everybody's getting bunched up. Um, and uh, so we're just going to keep working at it, put as many wins in the bank as we can, and try to get ourselves in the playoffs and then go from there. I got to ask you about your your quarterback. I've I've always enjoyed watching uh, Trevor Harris. Uh, you know, obviously he broke into the league with Toronto and has and has been the Red Blacks quarterback. Uh, you know, he's had some pretty big games, and uh, you guys have a, a pretty good stable of receivers. Um, but you know, like everybody else, sometimes he has an off game or two. Take me a little bit through uh, through Trevor's season. Yeah, he's a he's a fun guy to watch because he's a very accurate thrower and he's got a good arm and. When he's protected, you know, when he's clean and and not getting too much pressure on him, he can uh, he can do some damage. So that's uh, obviously a focal point for us is to mix things up and do what we can to protect him so that he can stand in there and, and throw the ball. And uh, um, you know, he's fun uh, fun player to watch in this league. Rick Campbell joining us on Inside Sports tonight, head coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks. They will host the Edmonton Eskimos tomorrow afternoon. Should be a good showdown. Actually, they play uh, twice before the end of the season, October 13th. They're going to be at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, Rick, I'm, I'm going to ask you about a position that sometimes doesn't get a lot of love or sometimes only gets pointed out when something goes wrong, and that's the kicking game. And uh, Lewis Ward, is, is, is he at the 30 in a row now for field goals? Yeah, I don't know the to- exact total, but I know he's uh, number one, the rookie of all time, and I think he's either third or fourth on the all-time list. So he's been a great addition for us. We had high hopes for him. We thought he could be a good kicker, and we thought his best thing was to just be a field goal kicker. He's able to do all three, meaning punt, kickoffs, and do field goals, but he's best at field goal kicking, and we've just had him do that, and obviously he's done a great job for us. Tell me a little bit about his history. You know, where is he from, and and, and how did you land him in Ottawa? Yeah, he grew up in Kingston, Ontario, which is about two hours from Ottawa, and then he went to the University of Ottawa. So he's pretty much local, and so we had our eye on him. Like I said, he's a. We always uh, had him pegged as just a field goal kicker. I think that's worked out well for him and for us, and that we weren't trying to make him do all three. We just wanted him to be the field goal kicker and. Um, done a great job so far, and he's a very, um, very stable guy. Like he doesn't get up and down. And his approach, like if you told him he's got to make a field goal in the preseason, or if he's got to make a field goal in a playoff game, his demeanor and all that's going to be exactly the same, which is a, a good trait for a kicker. Well, I, I appreciate you talking to him because I know sometimes with streaks, coaches or athletes are, <laughs> are reluctant to bring him up, but I, I assume he's been asked about it and uh, he keeps banging him through. He, he, he's a great story for you guys. Uh, Rick, I'm going to ask you one more. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned uh, kind of our annual topic here, so uh, our annual chat, so I'm going to just throw another topic at you, um, and that's about Wally Buono, who's uh, you know in his last year coaching in BC, uh, long-time CFL, I mean, he's a CFL legend. There's there's no other way to put it. Been, been a competitor for you for a lot. Um, you know, anything you can offer about Wally? Maybe some insight you can give uh, fans uh, something they might not know about uh, about Wally, or, or maybe a, a moment behind the scenes you might have had with him. Yeah, well, the one thing is I have the ultimate respect for any player or coach that can last a long time and, and do it really well. Which obviously Wally fits into those into that category. The thing about him is he's a big competitor, but at the end of the day, he he uh, he's a fan of the CFL and he wants it to do well. And 
he's never hesitated if I've ever asked him advice about something or how to do something. He always was willing to share. I think he wants to pass that on. Um, and, and so he's a, he's a good man that uh, loves the CFL and, and wants it to, wants it to do well. And so uh, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, I've never worked with him directly, but obviously coached against him a lot, um, being out in Edmonton and Calgary, and then even as head coaches, you know, out here in Ottawa. So uh, we've already played them twice. We're done with them in the regular season, but it was, it's always good to, to interact with him and talk with him. And uh, I'm glad I was uh, was able to be a part of the league when he was. Yeah, well said. Well, Rick, it's always great to have you on the show. Uh, I know you always love talking to the fans here in Edmonton. Uh, I wish uh, all the best the rest of the season. I always say, I, except when you play the Eskimos. But but uh, thanks a lot for coming on tonight. Exactly. Yeah, you, you betcha. I look forward to coming out to Edmonton, and it'll be fun to have the Grey Cup in Edmonton as well. So see you out, see you out in Edmonton when we're out there. Good stuff. Rick Campbell checking in tonight for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Interesting matchup tomorrow against the Eskimos. Two very inconsistent teams throughout the season. Some teams that can make some big plays. You heard Dave Campbell, our Eskimos color commentator, on the show earlier saying that he thinks the uh, you know Trevor Harris and the Ottawa receivers can really go after the Eskimos secondary, uh, but I'm sure in Ottawa they're worried about the same thing. Quarter to eight inside sports on 6.30. Chet, uh, we'll tee up a couple other football games to watch this weekend. Catch up on some text to 6.30, 6.30. <laughs> This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, here's your quarterback ready to go. Just had Rick Campbell on the show. Head coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks, Hugh Campbell, legend here in Edmonton with the five-in-a-row Eskimos. Got a text during that interview from somebody who says, man, for a minute there, I thought I was listening to Hugh. They uh, do indeed sound very similar. Similar. Right at the end of the first half, I uh, do have a flag down. Mike is, I don't know if it's going to be the last play or not. Winnipeg leading Montreal 26. So the Blue Bombers in control of that game. 11-3, Tampa Bay up on the Blue Jays. That's in the eighth. After the first period, no score. Oil Kings and Rebels. Canada West football 8-6. Manitoba leading the Golden Bears three minutes into the second quarter. Junior football at Clark this weekend. Tomorrow at 7, the 1-3 and three Wildcats host the 0-4 Calgary Colts. Sunday at 1, the 3-1 and one Huskies host 2-2 two and two Winnipeg. The Huskies led by running back Brant Burzuk, who's the leading rusher in the Prairie Football Conference. Brant, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I'm doing very well. It's nice to have you on the show. You're getting ready for your game Sunday afternoon against Winnipeg. And a pretty good season for you so far, Brant. You're leading the Prairie Football Conference in rushing yards. Uh, why do you think you've been having a successful season? Uh, you know, we just, uh, we're meshing really well as a team. Uh, I have a really big O-line. Uh, Ian did a really good job at uh, recruiting this offseason. And we have a bunch of experience returning, so... Uh, it's always nice to have and just uh, been putting in the work in the off season, and it's all just coming together finally. All right, good stuff. And tell me a little bit about your running style, Brent, because you're not, uh, I mean, you're not a six foot six giant, uh, you know, who can just step over top of guys, are you? No, I got to kind of sneak my way around and find the holes and uh, just be more of a mental player and know where everybody is all the time. So 
I've kind of been able to use that, uh, my vision and just my explosiveness to my advantage so far. You played high school uh, at Hunting Hills in Red Deer. Uh, is this your second year with the Huskies? I'm in my third year. Third year with the Huskies, sorry. Okay, so what what adjustments were there from high school to uh, to junior ball? What, what were some of the big things you had to change or learn? Uh, offensively, the system was pretty similar. Like, we ran a zone offense in high school. So as far as the blocking schemes, I kind of picked those up pretty easily, but... Uh, as far as the game speed, that was it was a lot quicker to move to junior and just the amount of uh, plays in the playbook and just the information you need to retain is just a bigger, bigger step, bigger, bigger pond, I guess. Right, and, and you, I mean, you mentioned having to think out there. How much is it for you that that you got to know when to hit that hole and trust your blocking? I mean, it's great to be fast as a running back, but there, there's a lot of fast players who never make it as a running back. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I find that my vision has been able to help me very much, and it's just natural, I suppose. It's hard to work at a vision, whereas you can work at speed, so I'm lucky in that aspect. But, yeah, it's, for me, it's just coming together really nicely. Brad, when when did you start playing football, and, and were you always a running back? Um, I started in grade five, and I actually started out as a DB. Uh, I was really small growing up, so... Uh, I worked my way up, played a little bit of offense through Bantam, and then grade 11 was my first year of playing running back. And then I started two years in high school. You know, a lot of defensive players don't switch to offense because they'd say that they, they would sooner hit than be hit. But you, but you decided it was okay to go that path, eh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a, my brother was a quarterback, so I've always been more of an offensive player. I was just kind of thrown in at DB because of my size. And it got to the point where I was like, mm, no, nah, I'd rather be playing offense. So I kind of trained and asked my, asked my coaches if I could be in that position. So they gave me the opportunity, and here we are. Okay. Brant Burzak joining us on Inside Sports, running back for the Edmonton Huskies. He's leading the Prairie Football Conference in rushing at the halfway point of the season. You guys are 3-1. and one. Uh, Last year you went 7-1 and one and wound up with a playoff disappointment. It, it, does that still hover over the team? Is that motivation, or, or is that you know a, a storyline that you know, you've kind of put in the past? Um, at the beginning of the year, it was, it was definitely one of those things that we were thinking of, but now as we move through the season, we're just focusing on one game. So not looking ahead at any games. We're just focused on the one in front of us. Okay. Uh, what do you know about Winnipeg? They're coming in with a record of 2-2. Two and two. Um, I I know they have a strong D line and that they're going to play really hard. As far as that, I just I don't know. I'm just expecting a hard hard fought game. Okay, right on. Well, Brent, we wish you continued success. One o'clock Sunday afternoon, Huskies against Winnipeg. Go get them. Thanks for your time tonight. All right, thank you very much. Have a good one. Great to meet Brent Burzuk from the Edmonton Huskies and the Wildcats play tomorrow at 7 at Clark. A lot going on. Oil Kings in action. 
no score after one. Red Deer Rebels at Rogers Place. They'll play again tomorrow in Red Deer. You text 630-630. Josh says, looks like the Oilers are going to be able to score, but there's no one who's going to replace Sekera. The defense will be bumbling around with no one who can adequately fill the six-hole. Gravel is a minor leaguer. Bouchard is too young. And Yerebek should go back to Europe. That is a text from Josh. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Jakob Yerebek has been uh, underwhelming in what I've seen from him so far on the Oilers' blue line. Uh, he will be there to start the season. I, I wonder if Evan Bouchard is going to be to start the year. Interesting note from Bob Stoffer, host of Oilers Now, every day noon to 2 here on 630 Ched. He has this from an NHL scout today. And then here's the quote. Bouchard is going to make the Oilers out of the gate. He is their best puck mover, smart and poised when he has it. They are going to have to work with him on defending, but he flat out makes plays. Uh, that's a tweet from Bob Stoffer. some correspondence he says he got from an NHL scout. Well, I'll tell you what, Bouchard's really good with the puck on his stick, and I love the play he made yesterday to lead to Nugent Hopkins' first goal in the second period. He didn't get an assist. He was back in his own end, and he threw the long diagonal pass, banked it off the boards to Raddy, who chipped it ahead to McDavid. McDavid eventually worked it free from Logan Stanley, got it over to Nugent Hopkins for the goal, and that was a very creative, very intelligent pass. And, you know, the Oilers' defense last year, a lot of dawdling in their own end, not getting the puck up ice. That was a really good play by Bouchard. I think he's here at the start of the year, but obviously can't say for sure if he's going to be here the entire year. Eskimos at Red Blacks. David Morley will sign on at 12.30 tomorrow afternoon, game at 2. And then Sunday, I'll sign on with Jack and Bob at 4.30. Oilers at Winnipeg at 6. Fun show tonight. Thanks to everybody who called in and texted. Some guests get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with Southern Classics and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Hope you have a great weekend. Talk to you Sunday. Maybe tomorrow 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.